Hello there, and welcome to the fifth episode of the From a Certain Point of View podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And we are excited to be talking Star Wars with you guys once again. Um, and this episode might be a little shorter than most because Adam is, is heading out on an adventure, so he's getting ready to go. So we got to get this episode in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of getting ready to head on a vacation, so we're recording this in between you know, doing all the last-minute stuff and packing and all that, so... All right. Well, thank yeah. you for finding time to squeeze this in for us. Yeah, no problem. So do we want to go ahead and start with our uh, our introductions of what we've been watching, reading, and playing in Star Wars this week? Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, do you want to get us started on that? Yeah, so it's kind of a, been a busy week, you know, holiday week, and then like, so getting ready for vacation. But I did re- uh, finish reading Thrawn, which is the latest in my effort to catch up on new canon stuff. And I uh, definitely enjoyed that. You know, I love Thrawn as a character. I loved him back when, uh, you know, the uh, heir to the Empire and, and uh, that trilogy. And I just love his tactical knowledge and uh, how he just corners his enemies. He's always three steps ahead of everybody. And I love seeing him back in new canon stuff, mm-hmm. especially Rebels and things like that. I love him as a character. So it's good to see him back. Yeah, he's a great villain. I haven't really um, gotten into the Thrawn novels yet, but you know, I, I think at some point I definitely plan to. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool seeing his rise to power, and it kind of ties into uh, what happens in Rebels a little bit, as as far as his first book goes. Uh, there's mm-hmm. two, there's two more, and then he's starting a brand new trilogy after this. So, right, yeah, that should be interesting too. Yeah, lots of Thrawn stuff, which is never a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I've been watching a couple Clone Wars episodes, and uh, I've actually been playing a lot of Battlefront 2 this week. Uh, nice. How, is... how are you? I, kn- I know you were a little sour on Battlefront 2 when it first came out. How are you feeling about it now? No, I'm, I'm enjoying it, and it, it still wasn't a $60 game for me, so I'm glad I, I waited on it. Yeah, I can't but blame I did, you there. Yeah, I started playing it because I started playing Je- uh, F- uh, Jedi Fallen Order on PC. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I signed up for EA's Origin Access Premier, so I could play Fallen Order uh, and all and some other games, uh, which yeah. included in their fifteen dollar a month uh, subscription plan. So gotcha. for fifteen bucks, I was able to play all of Fallen Order, and then I figured I might as well jump into Battlefront, mainly for the the story campaign. mode. Yeah, yeah. So that um, that kind of ties into the Emperor a little bit, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, with Operation Cinder, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, and then yeah, yesterday with being Black Friday, it was on sale for eight dollars. So I figured, you know, whenever the premiere sub is up, I might as well just keep Battlefront for eight bucks. So yeah, but, can't beat that. But yeah, if, I, I don't think for me it was a sixty dollar game, but it's definitely an eight dollar game. So. Yeah, any time I've jumped on there and played it, I, I've definitely in, enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, again, with online multiplayer games, I can, I can get a little frustrated with, with those, but um, but I definitely yeah, love definitely. just jumping in there. And, and I've done you know, a little I, bit of online multiplayer, but it's mostly been story and co-op. Actually. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy yeah. co-op, you know, doing the AI with uh, real teammates and, and stuff like that. Right. So. Yeah, I enjoyed... Um, the story mode for sure, the single player mode and, and just the, the story behind that as well. So I'm, I'm actually thinking about going back and, and playing the single player campaign just to get the story yeah. kind of leading up to rise of Skywalker. here. Yeah, so definitely probably worth it. 
Mm-hmm. So what have you been up to? Well, I've been watching a lot of animated stuff. Um, I was I finished up my the Mandalorian plot with uh, the Clone Wars and, and Rebels. Um, just wanted to get as much background information on Mandalore and the Mandalorians as I could. Just you know, since the Mandalorian is on Disney Plus now, yeah. Um, and you know, just getting to know some of the those characters like Pre Vizsla and Bo Katan, and learning more about the Dark Saber and and all yeah. that good stuff. So I've I've been enjoying that. And um, also been watching uh, Star Wars Resistance. And, you know, this show, again, uh, it's not for me on the level of Clone Wars or Rebels uh, at all. But I do enjoy it at times. And when it ties into, like, the canon stuff or the First Order stuff, it, it's interesting. So okay. um, the main characters went to this planet. Um, so, something to the effect of Asha's or Asha's re re Ashes Re, I think. Okay. Um, where there was actually a Jedi temple built over top of a conquered Sith temple. Um, and so they go into the temple and it's, you know, discovered that it's a Sith temple and there, and there are some Sith artifacts um, that they come across. And they introduce these characters known as First Order Raiders. Um, Interesting. And, and their job is actually to search for Sith relics. Mm. So I'm guessing this is like you know, for Kylo Ren. Um, so I thought it was, I I think they're trying to tell us something here with this, that maybe searching for Sith relics is going to be important to the story, possibly in episode nine. So, Mm -hmm. um, that could be, yeah. Yeah. So I think that might play a role possibly. I don't know if we'll see first order Raiders or anything in the movie, but I think just Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, right. Things like that. Yeah. And definitely the, uh, you know, like I said, the Sith relics that could come into play. Um, yeah, so I think that might, might be telling us maybe a, a certain dagger that we've been a seeing. certain dagger possibly, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the only other thing I've been doing was uh, playing some Fallen Order, and um, you know I'm again I'm probably about halfway through the game at this point, but I I did decide you know against your wishes, sort of like Luke Skywalker didn't listen to Yoda and the Empire Strikes Back. I didn't listen to you, and I went to Dathomir um yeah okay. to get my double bladed lightsaber and it was definitely a challenge i don't think i was ready okay. for it yet i think i should have listened and completed my training um and uh but i did finally make my way through all of the the villains on that planet and and get my double bladed lightsaber which is awesome so okay i'm enjoying cool. that so, kind of like luke you got your hand beat off a little bit but you made it out alive exactly exactly. okay cool yeah so anything else that we've been doing this week yeah i don't think so uh you ready for news yeah let's punch it into the news cool well you want the bad news or the really bad news Okay, so our first piece of news is about the Rise of Skywalker, and we have a confirmed runtime. J.J. Um, Abrams says it is around about two hours and 21 minutes. Um, so, Adam, what are your thoughts on the runtime of the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, I mean, I think that's plenty of time. Uh, you can do a lot of stuff in two hours and 21 minutes. It's not the shortest that the franchise has ever seen. It's not the longest, so I don't have any problem with it. Fair enough. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I, I think, think it, some people want like a four-hour movie, but uh, two hours and twenty-one is perfect for Star Wars. I think it's right in the wheelhouse. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think that I wanted it to be as long as like Endgame or anything like that. I think yeah. um Yeah, right. I was expecting it to be closer to maybe like the two hour, 30 minute mark, you know, or right around where last Jedi was just because I think there's so much that they need to wrap up. And it looks like from what we're seeing that there's so many different locations that they're going to, and there, there's so much going on um, with this story for, at least from what I can tell. So, you know, I wonder like, is this enough time? <laughs> um, to, yeah. I, I don't want anything to feel rushed or, or like there's kind of too much going on and not, and not enough time but um yeah so that was my only thing but i but i i think this is a a fine runtime especially for a star wars movie like you said that's right right up there with you know some of the other ones yeah, um yeah. so so yeah um i i guess i'm yeah with so many i don't know how many different worlds we're going to in this movie but i'm just like how are they how are they going to cover all that, you know? Yeah, yeah, That's the only I, thing I, I'm I get that. Yeah, I, I get that complaint. I, well, I worry, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know, we'll see. And it's, and it's kind of making me wonder, again, if we're going to see, and I don't know that I want to see this. I think if if they do this, I'll be okay with it, just because we're getting another, something else you can do with the Force. But I'm wondering about this whole Force traveling thing. Like, um you know, we, we saw Kylo Ren kind of, it almost looked like he was on Ock 2 when they were about to touch hands. And I don't know if that was just um, kind of a camera trick or if that if he was really able to, like, almost be there. Um, you know, are we going to see them being able to, like, kind of travel through the forest to these d- different planets since we're seeing so many of them? Or are they actually going to fly in ships to all these different... Because, you know, we have... Like Pisana, we have Kajimi, <clears throat> um, we have, you know, the jungle planet in the beginning. We have Kef Burr, which is the the moon, oh, the moon where the Death Star wreckage is. We right. have that world where maybe the Emperor is. So it, it just seems like there's a, a lot there, and um, yeah. So I've just been I've been wondering yeah. about if we're gonna see that type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Revenge of the Sith kind of covered a lot of planets in a short amount of time. Yeah, I did go so back I to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm not too. That, I'm, so. not, I'm not too worried about that part of it. I guess. Uh, right. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. It's it's one of those. It's I guess it's one of those things that we just have to wait until the movie comes out to see how how that all ties together and plays out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean. The impression I got from the interview with J.J. Abrams was that they kind of, you know, through the editing process, they were like, okay, you know, we don't really need this. We can cut this down a little bit. So it seems like they have cut the movie down, trimmed the fat, maybe, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, for me, it kind of goes back to the Mandalorian stuff where I'm not too worried about runtime runtime lengths uh, for for all these episodes uh, just because I'm totally digging the story that, that they've been dishing out so far. So that doesn't really... Yeah, take away from yeah. my enjoyment of it. So I, I I'm thinking, I'm hoping uh, that Rise of Skywalker uh, kind of follows in that same idea. Yeah, as long as they can tell the story and tell a good story, and it, it doesn't feel rushed, you know. Like, and we'll get into this, but last night's episode of The Mandalorian 
I felt was the perfect length. I mean, you know, it, it told the story that it yeah, needed to. Right. It, it didn't feel rushed. I didn't think about the the length of the episode or anything like that. It just was a contained story. And yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Right. Um. So moving on to our our next piece of news, and this is kind of like quite a few things and so, rolled up into one here. Mashup. Um. With the marketing campaign of the Rise of Skywalker, the floodgates have opened. TV yeah. spots are running wild. Um, you know, we've got a, cl- a clip out um, behind the scenes stuff. So, yeah, do you want to talk about any of that stuff, Adam? Yeah, let's, let's dive into it. I watched some of the TV spots. There's some pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, there's some pretty exciting new footage in there. There's yeah. What have you seen that's jumped out at you, Adam? Uh, uh, I mean. <laughs> the weirdest thing is the biggest thing that jumped out to me uh, jumped out to me was Duel of the Fates is back. Duel of the Fates. That was yeah. pretty. I was not expecting to hear uh, some of the notes of Duel of Fate, Duel of, uh, of the Fates, jump in at the end of that. Was that was that Duel? That TV spot is called Duel. That was the um, Duel one. Yeah. So. Yeah. So very intentional, obviously, with the, yeah, the music yeah. that's being played in it. Um, and I actually, I'm not surprised by it, but I love it because, you know, I, I read something where John Williams, maybe it was John Williams' brother even, or somebody talking about um, the score for this movie and how it was yeah. going to pull in themes from the other movies and everything. Okay. And I think Duel of the Fates has to be, in, I hope it's in the movie um, in some way, even right. if it's just you know, kind of musically alluded to in some subtle way. But um, I, I think this is my favorite TV spot of all of them so far. Yeah, it was definitely, it was, it was great. I, I guess maybe Duel of the Fates surprises me a little bit because it's not really like, it's part of the saga, but it's not really one of these Skywalker-centric um, right. th- pieces of music, you know? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Or of, whereas, like Battle of the Heroes, you know, that's that's an Anakin piece of music, and then you have the Luke, uh, yeah, theme. You have the Leia theme. You have all that stuff mm-hmm. that's like specifically Skywalker stuff. So, sure, that theme doesn't really tie into the the Skywalkers, other than maybe if you want to kind of say it was played during Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Obi Wan were dueling. A um, little bit, a little bit there, yeah. But yeah, um, and and when Yoda and the Emperor were kind of dueling there as well at the same time yeah right but i think for me the the thing that not only the did the music jump out um at me there with that spot but also the voiceover from the emperor saying this oh, is the last yeah, word yeah. in the story of skywalker mm-hmm. um what does that mean you know <laughs> like i'm wondering what he means by that yeah uh there's a lot of theorizing there that we can get into and, and yeah. speaking of theorizing, uh, we're going to do our our uh, Rise of Skywalker theory show the week before, so be on the lookout for that. We're going to cover all all this type of stuff. So yes, I'm very I'm very anxiously awaiting doing that. I'm so excited to dive into the the you've theories and got, predictions. I you've think only we'll, got two we should more do a weeks. whole episode. Yeah, you've, on only that. Two, you've only got two more weeks after this, so we're getting two there. more weeks. All right. Yeah. Um. The other thing that jumped out at me on this spot was seeing Ray on what looks to be Octu. Um, okay. looking at a burning Thai, Thai uh, ship yeah. of some kind. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, not really. Uh, I don't. Yeah, not really. 
I would just be making guesses at that point, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean, amazing looking shot though. It was a great shot, and and what I loved about it was one thing that I really have been wanting to see is Ray with her hood up like a Jedi. I know it's a mm-hmm. simple thing, but like you know, just like seeing Luke um, in Return of the Jedi walking into Jabba's palace with the hood up, and like I want to see that from Ray in this movie, and it looks like we're getting that. Um, and also, just a return to a planet is kind of a theme in Star Wars, where yeah. in the prequels, Anakin returned to Tatooine, Luke returned to Tatooine, um, and we and have Dagobah. He returned to Dagobah. And Dagobah. But, yeah. yeah, and Rey returning to Ock 2. And, and usually there's sure. some kind of motivation behind returning, you know, like Anakin was going to save his mother, um, you know, you think we'll go uh, Luke to, was going to save Han. You think we'll go um, back to Jakku? I don't know if we'll go back to Jakku or not. Um, I would like to, but but I think it's interesting that she's going back to Octu, and I'm wondering like what her motivation is behind that. You know, and um, we see this burning tie. Does it have something to do with with Kylo Ren mm-hmm. or you know Ben, however you want to identify him? Mm-hmm. Um, is she going back because she's failed in some way, you know, and, and she's trying to speak to Luke or something like that. But we'll, I can't wait to find out why she's back there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So then we had, um, <clears throat> we had another spot earlier in the week and I don't know if we mentioned it on last week's podcast. We, we mentioned it, but it had just come out like a few, uh, a few minutes before we started recording. So I hadn't got a chance to watch it at all. Yeah. It was kind of our first look at the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Well, Which was second, cool as well. Look, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, got, I got into a little, uh, a couple of Twitter conversations with some, <laughs> some uh, like news outlets that said, "Hey, it's our first look at Knights of Ren." I'm like, "You should right, go back I and mean, watch The Force Awakens." Yeah, we did get a flashback, <laughs> short, very quick, brief sh- yeah. flashback shot of the knights. Um, but I think that in this movie, they're obviously in the present and involved in some way in the story. So yeah. Um, exciting stuff and then we had a behind the scenes kind of reel did you watch that yes i did and um anything you want to say about that uh we got a cool little look at uh warwick davis and yeah his, and an yeah you walk costume are we gonna see and that again? didn't look like a young warwick davis from return no, of the jedi I, days. And, and if you look around like i was looking around in the background the, the, that stuff does not look like it was 80s Right. 80s uh, era. Yeah, so this this looks like a more current shot, and why would he be putting that on if he was not going to be in The Rise of Skywalker? It's interesting, yeah. So, are we going back to Endor, Adam? Well, I, I would think that we would at least be around Endor. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, like we said, Kef Burr is kind of where the Death Star wreckage is, and Mm-hmm. That would all happen around Endor, or maybe some of the moons of Endor. Yeah, so so I don't know. It's very possible we could see a couple Ewoks, and I'm re- I want to see that. I'm really excited about that. Um, I, I want to see it all. I want to see Ewoks. I want to see I want to see Anakin back. Uh, yeah, back. I I want to see it all. Uh, you know. Yeah, definitely. Don't so, at me. I want to see all that stuff. I'm good. I'm good with that. I want to see it too. Um, Hell, bring Jar Jar back. I don't care. Yeah, why not? 
could even have Darth Jar Jar. Who knows? Maybe he's uh, the Emperor's no, I, I, I hate that. Name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so anything else from that behind the scenes reel? I for me it was nah, just cool. Nah. Like it was just I love yeah, seeing the. I love seeing that. Just like yeah, I love seeing that stuff. But yeah, this cool scene Warwick. Yeah, and even the way they opened it with kind of the blooper reel sort of of oh, the Han. Luke Luke and Han and yeah, and Alec yeah. Guinness looked like he just wasn't having any fun at all. He, <laughs> he, he was just, not amused. He can't wait to be done with it. <laughs> he was not amused by the antics of those youngsters. Um Yeah. But but yeah, it was just great looking at looking back and then looking to the present as well and just yeah. the behind the scenes look. So I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um Anything else from the Rise of Skywalker marketing or news or anything like that? Uh, not yet. We'll see what this week brings up. All right. Well, I think we're ready to go into our reviews segment of the show. Do you want to hit the cue? My disappointment in your performance cannot be overstated. Okay, well, with our reviews segment this week, um, we're going to hold off a little bit on a, a couple things that we've been reading and playing. So as far as Jedi Fallen Order goes, um, I'm probably about halfway or maybe a little bit more through that game. Adam, you finished it, correct? Yeah, yeah, I finished it. We're just going to wait a little bit to give a full review, um, so be looking forward to that. And then... Um, Resistance Reborn, I am at my, the 75% mark on my Kindle, it's telling me, um, and you've finished that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I listened So to we'll one. just, uh, we'll hold off a little bit on the full reviews for those two um, Star Wars things, so. Cool. But we're going to now jump into The Mandalorian Chapter 4, and uh, Adam, do you want to give your overall impressions of the episode before we get into spoilers? Yeah, sure, so... This episode, it was it was kind of like episode two, where it was a little bit more of a standalone story, but we'll get into the, uh, that a little bit more later, and I don't think it was a total standalone story. Right, it was so, sort of like a side mission type thing. A little it, but, bit, uh, but this one had a point, uh, not, that, yes. not that episode two didn't have a point, but I think that this one had a pretty important point, mm-hmm. uh, and, and like I said, we'll cover that in a, in a bit. Uh, it's kind of getting a little bit of blowback. Like maybe it was maybe one of the, the weakest episodes so far, and I I don't know about yeah. that either. I I re- I really enjoyed it a lot actually. Yeah. Uh, I I laughed a good bit through this one. Mm-hmm. I was kind of on my uh, the edge of my seat at the end of it, and yeah, yeah. I I didn't really there's there's good character development in this one. Uh, some great action sequences for sure uh seeing a particular familiar vehicle from original trilogy stuff was mm-hmm. pretty exciting i really enjoyed this episode again uh, i loved it great yeah i mean i think my overall impression is pretty much the same as yours this this time around as okay. well. And, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was solid. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like one of my favorite episodes yet, but um, but I thought it was a very solid episode. And um, I definitely in, enjoyed a lot of what happened here. Um, I'll so, tell you one thing that I've seen this week online and. That I kind of want to address here because I I think sure. it it needs to be 
I've seen some comparisons between because Bryce Dallas, uh, Dallas Howard uh, directed this episode. Yep, correct. Which is Ron Howard's daughter. Yes. And I've seen some comparisons between his directing of Solo and her directing of Episode Four of The Mandalorian, and I gotta say oh, yeah? that's just a that's a dumb dumb comparison. Uh, Ron was brought in at the end of Solo to kind of quote unquote, I guess, fix uh, what 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 happened before. Right. So he kind of really inherited that at the end to do rewrites and, and to kind of breathe some different life into that movie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people did not like Solo. And right. And I think that, I think that maybe those comparisons for, for those reasons are completely, completely off base. So I'm just curious what those comparisons were, because for me, I didn't see that at all. You know, I, I didn't make that connection okay. whatsoever. I don't know if it's some of the groups that I have been in, like on, you know, Facebook or maybe looking through some uh-huh. Twitter, Twitter replies or things like that. But it seemed like the connotation was that Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard was a, was a quote unquote better Star Wars director than her, her than her father. And I, okay, you know, yeah, just simply because Ron had his name attached to Solo, which I thought was a I thought was a fun addition to the Star Wars universe, if maybe a bit unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, I did. But, you know, it wasn't like a, a completely necessary film, but right. I, I. But like the I more said, I watch he, it, the more I enjoy it. You know. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, he kind of came in at the end of that, uh, so it's not yeah. really totally his movie. No, and I think he did a, a fine job yeah, of like yeah. kind of pulling it together and getting everybody and I to think, finish, you know, the film. I think Solo gets a bit of blowback just because it was the first movie back after Last Jedi, yeah, uh, which we know was very divisive. But, right. But I I enjoyed Solo. I don't, you know, it, it's 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 a good film. I enjoyed Mandalorian Episode Four, but as mm-hmm. far as those comparisons go, I think you may, I think everyone just kind of needs a keep that in check a bit i'm with you and, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit with our points of view segment yeah, today maybe, as well yeah. um are you ready to dive into the spoilers for yeah. the mandalorian chapter four yeah let's do that okay so chapter four of the mandalorian is titled sanctuary um adam any thoughts on the title before we dive in a little deeper so it kind of gives us a good idea of not only what this episode's about, about this particular town uh, you know, being a sanctuary, uh, it also kind of gives us an idea of what the Mandalorian's trying to look for at this particular point in time. He's looking for a place to keep this kid safe. Yeah. For me, I think that's 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 why this episode's important. It's not just about this one little story. It's about his overarching uh, goal for this kid. And why maybe it's a it's a a bit of a pipe dream yeah i mean i i think he feels obviously very protective over Mm -hmm. the child baby yoda the kid whatever you want to call him Mm -hmm. and um i think it's interesting that he's looking for sanctuary but there really is no sanctuary at least not in this episode um because we find out that 
you know, there there is a a presence here um, that is kind of a threat, and and we also find that um, there are still you know bounties out there on on Baby yeah. Yoda, and, yeah, and they found the location. Right of him by the end so yeah, so, um, yeah and like you said not, not only is it not safe just because of the things that are happening uh within that planet itself but there's outside dangers too and those dangers aren't going away exactly um so going back a little bit to the opening um i thought this was a great opening of the episode mm-hmm. um it was kind of a, a cold open in a way where we we actually this is one of the few times where we don't have the Mandalorian present in the scene. Um, and, you know, we just have this kind of peaceful village and these interesting looking fish and other creatures. Um, and then we see kind of this raid on this, on this town. And um, what I, <laughs> my first initial reaction was, are those Urukai? <laughs> um, they look very those... much like orcs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They reminded me of the Urukai. I thought the same um, from thing. Lord yeah. of the Rings. And, um, you know, they didn't have the, the white hand of Saruman or anything, but, no, um, right. but I thought it was a very cool scene and a very cool opening, just establishing the, the threat on this world. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, kind of played to to your heartstrings again as well with the mother and daughter uh mother yeah protecting the daughter as as these raiders are are all around them they're hiding in in this little uh puddle river uh thing with it was just a basket over their heads yeah absolutely um so i love the opening and then we had when then we see the mandalorian flying in and and mm-hmm. kind of he actually named the planet that they were going to, which and, yeah, that was and maybe fun. it's just, and, and maybe it's because like, um, you know, Mando had somebody to talk to uh, about what he was doing. So, right. it, it, you know, it made sense in that for that dialogue for him to say, okay, this is where we're going. It looks like mm-hmm. we can lay low here. Um, and, you know, just love the shots of him flying in and landing on the, on the planet and, right. um, and everything. And you think of baby Yoda pushing all the buttons. Oh, that was great. That, I it forgot to mention it. that. <laughs> that that was yeah, just so funny. Um, him just sort of looking right into his eyes and <laughs> pushing the button in defiance. Um, was and then total dad amazing. mode where he, yeah, Lauren picks up the baby Yoda and puts him on his lap and <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're gonna sit here with me now. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, just love again, love the dynamic between these two. Yeah. Um, so we, we land on the planet and then we go to another kind of cantina or <laughs> type type setting mm-hmm. on the planet. And, um, we're finally introduced to Cara Dune. Um, yeah. so what did you think of the introduction of this character? It was very interesting. And it, it's interesting cause I don't know how much we'll see her going forward, but I'm sure they'll run into each other again. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like it's going to be a main character of the series. Right. Again, but... just like IG-11, I think we're we're having these run-ins with these characters that he yeah. comes across, you know, comes in interactions with. But but this is the Mandalorian story, and, and these other characters are right. just side characters pretty much. You know, we don't have right. any other real lead characters that are going to be in every episode other than maybe Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we find out she has some 
she has some history yes behind her as well uh tying into being involved in some other events uh she was a former trooper i guess right right now did you get did you get from this that she was an imperial trooper or a rebel trooper all right so because he mentioned like shock trooper or something like that right he mentioned shock trooper and then later in the episode uh the rebellion came up that she was maybe part of that yes yeah so i was a little confused by that i was a little confused too and i don't know if that means that she defected i don't know maybe yeah she could have i i like the little kind of introductory fight scene between the two of them oh, two of them yeah, um yeah as well and then they're like you know you just want to you want to eat some soup <laughs> um, and, and they say that because uh baby yoda just kind of happens to stumble across them going at it pretty hard <laughs> he just yeah stands there slurping on the stand soup. there slurping on the soup and um you know just all the moments with baby yoda were yeah. great this week yeah. um he just kept showing up even when i think you know, we have to go i think we have to go back a bit too because uh after after mandalorian lands he kind of has yes. a, a sit and stay moment he's like sit stay don't touch anything <laughs> and then as soon as he opens the door he's, he's right, right there, there beside yeah. him and he's like oh what the hell come on <laughs> <Let's go." laughs> yeah um so yeah just again great comedic moments and yeah, that, and again, that just like, pull I love on your the comedy in this. It's this. This is Star Wars comedy for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they've really nailed the Star Wars comedy here. Yeah. Um. So the Mando's kind of feeling like, oh man, there's already there's basically a a bounty hunter here already. Uh, not exactly a bounty hunter, but this planet's taken is what he says. Like, there's not room enough for there's this for both Cara yeah. Dune and and I. Um. But then we have um kind of they they almost get hired for this job to protect this this village i would say would you, would you right. agree with that yeah and you know mando isn't too keen on taking this job until he finds out that there might be some sanctuary involved in it yes that's that the payment that he's looking for right he's looking for somewhere to that he can stay with and take care of the child and and have mm-hmm. and it be kind of in the middle of nowhere so that takes us to the village where the the woman. Do you know the woman's name that was asking? Okay, um, but she's same sort of the woman. mother. Yeah, same woman from in the, the beginning scene. Yeah, of the mother. Yeah, and she really and and Mando really gets questioned about his helmet in this episode. Yeah, interesting um, stuff. Yeah, and like, what happens if you if you take it off? Well, and he says you can never put it back on again. Yeah. Um, basically and which i found interesting because watching the clone wars and watching rebels we have a lot of mandalorians without their helmets on um so i'm wondering is this an inconsistency or a plot hole or is this like an intentional like they maybe change their i I would i I don't know i would have to look into that uh more because i i'll be honest i don't i don't know a lot of the reasons behind all that yeah i wonder if it's more of a like a planetary, like like those are Mandalorian citizens, and then later the the tribal aspect of it brought in some more uh, ritualistic stuff. Right, that could be. And I was wondering if even maybe since whatever the the Great Purge is, mm-hmm. if since that point in time, 
they're like, okay, you know, we've got to protect our identity. We've got to keep our helmet on or something. Who knows? But, um, because, and, and, and we have to remember at this point, like I said, this is more of like a tribal thing. Like even the Mandalorian isn't actually from Mandalore. Uh, because he yeah, says we kind of find this episode it's a, that they found him and he, they took him in. He was taken in. Yeah. yeah. So that was interesting too. Yeah. Um. So there's definitely some important reveals in in this episode of, about him in particular. Right. Um. And we know for sure that for his parents because, died. Right. Because then he, uh, you know, when he's offered some food, he does take his helmet off. Yes, so he does. And it's, it, he just doesn't like take he's it in off. Plain view because he's, he's sitting right in front of a window where kids are playing, and he takes off right. his helmet to eat. And maybe he knew that they weren't going. They were like having fun playing their game, and they weren't going to look up or something like possibly, that. Possibly, yeah. Unless he's just kind of testing the waters of possibly kind of laying down his his Mandalorian. And I think that's some beliefs. interesting stuff in this episode. We'll get into this later, but I, I, we see some uh, conflict in him about mm-hmm. who he is and maybe who he sees that maybe he could be. Right. Absolutely. And so the the next thing for me that I kind of, and again, we, both of us, we've only seen the episode once, so just kind of going from memory here yeah. of um, – them finding basically the the tracks of an ATST walker, yeah, um, yeah, and finding okay, there's why is this here? Is this is this is from the this is something that's from the Empire? You know, we need to look into this and make sure, you know, the village is is protected and everything. But then is it? It's interesting because they at this point they're kind of scouting after being quote unquote hired, yeah, and then they find these ATST tracks, and at this point they're pretty much done with this job. Right. Uh, because this is something that the village knew about. And when they were hired, they weren't told about. So yeah, it's kind of, and basically kind of a I didn't sign detail. up for this. Type yeah. Of, it's kind of yeah. a big detail that was left out of the initial <laughs> job description, but yeah, it was uh, left it, out of the deal. <laughs> yeah. So, so at this point, you know, Mando goes back and just says, you guys just need to leave. This right. Is, it's not safe here anymore. We need to get out of here. And then there's like this whole idea of, you know, we've been here for forever, basically. Yeah, and there's a tradition um, involved here with them. Yes. A lot of, a lot of tradition and we're not, we're not leaving basically. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, cause this is who we are. This is where we, we live. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just for them, not possible almost for them to leave. And, and Cara Dune just, just disagrees completely. Uh, mm-hmm. just saying, this is nuts. You guys don't have the yeah. experience to do this. You need to leave. Right. Uh, but then Mando kind of caves. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, we could teach them. So yeah. So then we get, get we this get whole kind of like training and... sequence yep. um, where they're practicing with blasters and with sharpened sticks. And, um, and, uh, another thing I found interesting: the only person that has blaster experience was this girl's mother. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. That was that was curious about like how does she know how to, it, how to use a blaster? Right, and I don't know if we'll see her again. Uh, maybe we will. Yeah, but she has the wherewithal to hide in the river with her daughter with a basket over her head. Mm-hmm. She has the presence of mind to do that. Yeah, she she's... seems to almost be a leader of this village, right? Uh, she takes a Mandalorian in. She takes care of him and the baby, 
and then yeah, so I'm wondering she if we'll has, learn more about her maybe in the future. And then she has uh, she's the only one with with uh, blaster experience in the whole town. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty interesting, right? Um, and it, you know, this was kind of for me reminiscent of Return of the Jedi in a way where it was kind of the Ewoks with yeah. their ropes and sticks and it's logs a, up against the Empire. Yeah, and, you know, it's a it David kind and of, Goliath story. Yeah, it kind of felt a little bit like that. Right. And um, so we get into this action sequence where they're they got this plan basically of how they're going to lure the ATST over to to kind of fall into this ground that they've um cut away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't go exactly according to plan, and we right. have some improvisation and, and everything. It was a pretty good action scene. Did you have anything you wanted to yeah mention I mean, about that? Uh, yeah, it was it was a great action scene. The ATST looked amazing. Yeah, it did. It looked great. Yeah, uh, for it, sure. Just the the practi- practicality of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it it felt like it was there. Uh, this is a small detail, but I love being able to look into the eyes. Yeah, the, yeah. Is there like windows? Right. That was because cool. we know that's what they are, but you could actually just kind of see inside, and the, the red the red lights in there just looked terrifying yeah it was interesting that it was red it was sort yeah. of like they it's like a, kind maybe of like a modified atst they modified this thing it was like an evil atst type yeah. of thing yeah. um yeah it was it was pretty pretty wicked looking um yeah so that was yeah it's a small detail but just being able to see inside those eyes and see inside the cabin uh, just kind of a cool cool small little right. detail there and i have to say i was I was so as we get towards the the end of this episode after that action scene and 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 Mando is considering leaving um baby Yoda behind he's like okay we've we did the yeah. job that that threat is gone you know um the child should be safe here under your care basically speaking to the to the woman that we don't really know her name yet um and then we find we see that baby Yoda is in the crosshairs of some kind of sniper weapon. Um, I was, I was worried. I was like, Oh my God, I no, was they can't, scared too, they and, can't do this right and, now. And I, don't, I can't because, lose baby Yoda. Not just because of the bounty hunter. I was scared. I thought Mandalorian was actually going to leave baby Yoda on this planet. And that would just kind of be, and that would be, be the, the end, end of that, that storyline. And that we'd yeah. maybe pick up baby Yoda later and then some other, right. Year show or some other book or, or comic or something I yeah. thought that really that might be the end of that whole I thing. was also very worried about that but then so, the bounty hunter and having the it has a clear shot on it and then we it's like another IG-11 moment where we, we yeah. cut away we hear the blaster go off yeah but, but I was like oh god but we don't know who's dead <laughs> we don't know who's dead and then it's the bounty hunter that was dead and, and... Cara Dune is behind and yeah. And and so for me this is the most important part of this episode. This is why I don't see this episode as a side mission. Right. I see this episode as it, it, it it's definitely character development because we get a lot of um we get a lot of kind of under the helmet scenes with uh, Mandalorian. Not mm-hmm. just when he takes off his helmet. Uh, but when the leader of this village, the the girl's mother, uh, invites him to stay, he kind of yes. he, he kind of I don't know if he wants to. 
I think he's kind of thinking about it. But it's kind of know? like attempted. He's kind of tempted mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. And I, at the very least, I was talking about this last night in in some other groups that I'm in. But it's almost like he's, you know, you you live this warrior lifestyle, but mm-hmm. then he comes across this town where he sees what a comfortable life can look like. There's a different way of living, you know. Yeah, but it's not his way of living. Right. And you know, maybe yes. he kind of sees the possibilities there and is kind of tempted by it, but he mm-hmm. still f- feels that call uh, to what his duty is. Yeah, and I think ultimately, so, go ahead. The driving force behind this is that he finds out that there really isn't a sanctuary yeah. for this child and that he needs to continue to be this child's protector, Yeah, um, which so I was that's... kind of relieved about because I, I want <laughs> I these two together, you know what I mean? And so that's where this isn't just a side mission. That moves the story Absolutely. ahead because yeah. this is the episode where he's trying to maybe hide or maybe trying to maybe lay low and let yeah. some stuff blow over. But we find out that he can't do that. Right, exactly. Because not only is there not really a safe place in the galaxy, maybe, uh, there's also nowhere that he can get away from uh, the guilt or whoever's looking for the baby at this point in time. Yeah, so So, in some way he's going to have to resolve this himself, you know. Right, right, and that's what moves the story ahead. That's why this isn't just a... This isn't just a side episode for me. Uh, This is a pretty pretty important episode, uh, for the story as a whole yeah i'll have to agree with you and um for me this this whole series is just fantastic and yeah. I, I, it, it's such a credit to favreau and filoni and everyone behind it that we care mm-hmm. so much already about these characters and what's gonna happen um and i'm so invested in it and so i also can't wait to just watch this kind of binge it once it's all out there and yeah watch it all and back see back, how it all kind of feels yeah. back to back you know yeah cool but those are our our thoughts on the mandalorian chapter four did you have any other thoughts on that so last week we kind of gave a score what's your score yes. for episode four we did um my score for episode four i think this one you know on just watching it once my initial feeling on it is i would give it an eight out of okay. ten i'd be close yeah. maybe eight eight and eight eight and a half somewhere in there so. Mm-hmm. so that's where i'm at with this one but i i loved it. i think it's another worthy addition and a very yeah. important episode like you said and a solid solid entry yep sounds good all right so moving into our final segment this week our points of view Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Okay, so moving into our final segment here, we have um, kind of just a a short, brief conversation about an article that I I put on our website called The Rise of Toxic Fandom. Um, You know, Adam, I guess just... I'll, I'll be honest with you. The past couple of years have been difficult for me being a Star Wars fan. Um, just because I'm a person who kind of, you know, really enjoyed The Last Jedi, um, and even, even Solo on, after, on, uh, you know, it's not up there with my favorites or anything, but I, I, I enjoy it for what it is, and, and just, you know, going on YouTube, looking at comment sections, being on Twitter, um, and just seeing just the negativity 
surrounding Star Wars and, and, and not only Star Wars, but other fandoms as well. You know, I've mentioned Game of Thrones season eight in the article and, you know, I've been a little little grumpy and a little angry with, with some fans out there that just kind of pick everything apart and just the the toxicity that can exist in, in these in these online social media comment sections and everything. Um so that was kind of the reason I wrote this article. Yeah. Um and I guess the the dr- main thing that kind of put me over the edge was um this thirty second clip we got for the rise of Skywalker where we're on Pasana and we see Ray Finn and, and Poe and Chewie are on. Oh, what do we call like a bar, uh, almost like, like a, a skiff or like a, a skiff yeah. or something like that that are, and they're trying to escape the first order. And we see these jet troopers, which I think are insanely cool. And Finn is kind of like, they fly now. And, or I think three PO even, even said at first, um, they fly now. And Finn asks, they fly now. And, I was like, they fly now, which I, I thought was just funny. Um, I thought it yeah, was good comedy. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, for these characters, this is the first time they've seen a flying stormtrooper, especially, you know, for the First Order. So, um, like I mentioned in the article, Poe didn't play Battlefront, so he doesn't know that there's jet troopers that right. have existed already in canon. Um and this is the first time we've seen it in the movies, but you know we had everybody online picking up it apart, saying, "Oh, this isn't this isn't new. What are they talking about?" and everything else. Um, so I'm just like, "Okay, come on, people, let's let's have some fun with something. We don't have to kind of scrutinize and pick everything apart." Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I was at with that, and and why I I wrote the article. Did you have any okay. thoughts on or reactions to that? Um. To be honest, I, I saw that happening and I just kind of ignored it. Yeah, uh, I think that's and, for the best. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I've learned over the last couple of years, and not just in Star Wars, but like you said, that kind of attitude exists in any fandom you're going to be involved in mm-hmm. anywhere across the board. Uh, yeah. And, and for, for some reason, it's more present in some than it is in others. And I think that we have to remember that Star Wars is a multi-billion-dollar franchise. Yes, that's true. With a lot of people, uh, it's insanely popular, talking about this at any given time, and that's a great thing for the fandom uh, because mm-hmm. that means that it's alive and it's healthy and it's doing well, no matter what some people will tell you. Uh, the fact that it is that popular tells you that. Yeah. So it's not dead. Uh, nobody's right. killed Star Wars. Uh, it, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's alive and it's healthy. But that also means you're going to be bringing in a bunch of different personalities uh, to your fan base as well. And some of That's those a good personalities point. are more accommodating than others. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no excuse for things that happened with like Kelly Marie Tran absolutely not and things yeah. like that there's 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 no there's no explaining that there's no way that that is right behavior from anybody right but at the same time i feel like putting that on the fan base as a whole and i know that you're not doing that no no but, not at all yeah i mean i think there's a, but, a but where segment I, of the fan base that there's a vocal toxic. minority 
yeah, there's a vocal minority out there that and I think can make the, things yeah. really not less fun, you know. And I think that my point in this is that there that vocal minority exists everywhere. Yeah. That we maybe see it or pay attention to it a little bit more. Uh, because we are very heavily involved in this fandom. Absolutely. And we kind of see that stuff happening as it happens. Uh, but for me, lately, I've been ignoring that segment of the fan base, I guess. Um, I think and, that's and, a very and, wise and decision. Yeah. Um, it it, it yeah. helps things. I mean, it makes it more enjoyable for me. I don't have to worry about that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, like I said, you're always going to see that, and I've seen that in different different fan bases that I've been involved in over the last two years. It's present everywhere, uh, and it's something that it can ruin your enjoyment of something that you that you enjoy if you let it. Yeah, and so I've been trying to ignore it and not let it. I guess. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where I arrived in in my article was that okay, I don't I don't want to let this you know, ruin my enjoyment of especially episode nine, because I am very, very excited about episode nine. I mean, I love, I love all star Wars stuff, you know, with some exceptions. Um, but for me, like the Skywalker saga, that's, that's where it's at for me. That's where my heart and soul is. Um, that's what I'm most anticipating. So, right. I, I think the, I think I've been more and more exposed to the side of fandom that can be toxic yeah, could be. lately yeah. and i need to just kind of go away from that and and maybe not go into those comment sections not look at those twitter feeds yeah um and i've left and some just sort of that i felt yeah. were more negative than others mm-hmm. uh, where that kind of attitude was allowed to persist by whoever ran those communities and I think right. that as you and I are starting to build a community here, we're trying to focus on a positive. Absolutely. That allows disagreements, that allows different points of view. Yeah. Um, but and it does it in a responsible way. Exactly. And, and and as I mentioned in the article too, like I think criticism is a fine thing. I think mm-hmm. criticism has to exist. Um, I just think it has to be done in a, a respectful way and not in a way where we're um, – you know, threatening or saying hurtful things about people or we're not asking for remakes or we're not boycotting. And, um, you know, Star Wars will continue to exist and, and it's okay. Like J.J. Abrams said, you don't have to like everything about Star Wars to love Star Wars. Um, there's going to be some things here and there that we don't like or that we disagree with. And and we say, okay, I didn't like that, but I really like this. And And kind of looking forward to the future of of having more and more Star Wars. Because my biggest fear with toxic fandom is that it's going to drive people away from wanting to create Star Wars. You know, not wanting to have to deal with that. It could have played into the Benioff and Weiss decision um, of just not wanting to deal with that toxic fandom. Yeah, and, it could um, have played in a little bit, yeah. That's my fear, you know. I So a, cu- a, couple, a couple things there. So first of all, as a whole... My one of my I think my point earlier, and this goes definitely to the to the JJ mentioned this term, and I know it's not JJ's term, right? This the fandom menace term. The term. I I hate that type of term. Yeah. Because the fandom as a whole, I think, is very positive about this. They spend the money. 
Yeah. They go to the movies multiple times. They buy the books. They buy the games. They watch the Absolutely. TV shows. They like and to I talk, can they, tell you they first like to talk about it. They and and most of the fandom does not do things like people did to Kelly Marie Tran. You're absolutely right. And I can tell you going to Star like, Wars Celebration for the first time in April was one of the best things I ever did because cool. it was so positive and there yeah. were so many people there and it was just this great energy that and is it the was fandom as a whole. Yes, and that was amazing. And like I we talked about this a few weeks ago. I I did not like The Last Jedi uh, when right. it came out. It's still not my favorite. There's still more things I think that I don't like about it than I do if you sat down and made like a pros and cons column. Sure, and I can completely understand that for it, sure. There's probably more cons than there are for pros for me. Like There are some pretty strong pros, but there's also some mm-hmm. pretty strong cons. Yep. But I never did any of those types of things that would label me as a, as a toxic fan but exactly exactly there definitely seems to be this connotation among people as a whole that we can't disagree and i don't think that that's true and i also right. don't think that most like i really don't like that fandom menace term because the most of the fandom as a whole is not that menace and i don't like right. labeling the fandom that way i guess yeah i agree with you it's mostly it's not mostly only positive. that that really doesn't that really doesn't show what the fandom is about. That 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 makes a lot more people that are really into this, that love the stuff. Mm-hmm. It kind of puts that label on them as well, because which is unfortunate. They're part of that fandom, and what we're I think what we're doing here is we're giving a name based on a small percentage of people that did some pretty crappy things. Yep. So. Yeah, I think you're right. I think sometimes a few people that are vocal can can stand out and 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 kind of almost I don't want to say ruin it for everybody, but kind of makes everybody yeah. look bad in a way, you right. know, unfortunately. But you're right. I think the ma- majority of it is is positive um and a very strong fandom. Yeah, definitely. And I think the last thing I, w- I want to say about this is just going back to what George Lucas said about Star Wars being for, for, for young people, um, 10 to 12 year olds, you know, I, I think, and, and, and why is that? I, for me, it's that there is still this sense of wonder, this sense of acceptance of, of, of what this story is in front of me and kind of not having this kind of jaded nature that you can acquire as you go through your years of growing up. Um, and I think just, getting back even though even if you're an adult no matter how old you are finding that kid inside of you that just has this wonder and and love for what's being presented to you and and if we can get back to that um i think we can always love star wars even though there might be certain things about it that we don't agree with or don't like i think one of the things that most people have to understand like you said about this being a story for kids is is it's just that it's a story for kids Mm -hmm. yeah we can't expect, um, yeah. We can't expect these crazy theories that could we come up with to always come true, because, right? Right. You know, we are thirty and forty and fifty year olds that are mm-hmm. talking about this stuff. Um, this isn't for us. This isn't no. our story anymore. Uh, we can still enjoy it. We can yes. still love it. Uh, but this isn't really our story anymore. You know. That's right. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the Freddie Prince Jr. 
uh, rant a few weeks I did, ago. yes, and I, I did. And it's very not safe for work. So if you guys no, it's go, not safe at if all. If you guys for work go or for listen kids to or... this, be aware of <laughs> yeah. that, and be aware of who you're around when you listen to it. Yeah. But you know, one of the points that he made was that this is a series of movies that we made, that were made for kids in the '70s and '80s, and then in the early 2000s, this was a series of movies that were made for a different set of kids. Yep. And now these sequels are movies that are made for a, a brand new set of kids. Mm-hmm. That is the target audience. This isn't just for us, you know. Right. This is for enjoyment for other people. So absolutely, it's a coming of age story, yeah. and you know, so has deep themes that anybody could appreciate. But it's it's for those that have that imagination and that wonder and that um, yeah. have have not been jaded yet. So yeah. Cool. But I think that about wraps it up for us this week, unless there was anything else you wanted to add. Yeah, let's head into our last little segment. I'm just glad you're here. At the end. Okay, well, thanks again for hanging out with us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, as always, remember to hit up certain uh, from a certain point of view.com. Uh, we put all of our episodes up there each week. Uh, we have had two new blog posts this week, one of which we talked about in the Point of View segment. That was Josh's uh, article on the fandom. And uh, I wrote an article earlier this week, kind of a Baby Yoda 101. Uh, so if you're interested in that at all, make sure to check out the blog. As always, remember that we are also, if you're listening to this somewhere else, we're also on uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Spotify as well as Pocket Casts, if you use Pocket Casts. And be sure to follow us on Facebook if you're not already. Follow us on Twitter. And check out the Discord server. We've been having some discussion in there again as well. So just uh, make sure that you're connecting with us everywhere and that you can be part of the conversation too. Thank you, Adam, for that. And thank you to all our listeners out there. We really appreciate you um, setting some time aside to listen to us and uh, we'd love to hear back from you. And if you have, you know, any ideas that you'd like to share with us or, you know, Adam, I was even considering, you know, if, if anybody has any questions they'd like us to answer in future yeah. podcasts, maybe that's something that we could do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, and thank you, Adam, for taking some time out before you're heading out on your trip here. And, no, no problem. and may the force be with you on that trip. And cool. everybody out there, remember, the force will be with you. Always.